So it's easier to go to anger than it is to identify the specific underlying emotion that's underneath that anger. Yeah. Could be fear, could yes. be frustration, could be pain, right? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Douglas Peak, and this is the venerable Kim Cross. Say hello, Kim. <laughs> hello, everybody. And this is the Lost Art of Parenting. We're here to help educate you, entertain, and encourage you in all things to do with parenting. We want you to, to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it so you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent. So this is really important. We are here for parents. We want to encourage you. We want you to know you're not alone, that this is not an uphill battle, but through certain skills and techniques, you can have a ton of fun and produce some of the greatest adults you ever imagined. That's right. And enjoying your job along the way, isn't that a big piece of the puzzle. Yes, you need to enjoy what you're doing. That's why you had kids in the first place. That's right. And you want your kids to want to be with you when they don't have to later on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. You want your kids to be with you when they don't have to be with you <laughs> later on. Well, today our topic that we're going to be discussing, as with all things, we try to introduce it. We try to give you some skills and tools right off the top. But to dig deep into this, and particularly if you uh, are a parent where you have a child with really strong emotions that you're dealing with, my encouragement is to go to the website, Rethink Parenting, and then seek deeper information, get some more research, even if possible, set up an appointment to get specific, highly, highly personal attention in your situation only with Kim because she's an excellent parenting coach and she does this. She's dedicated her life to helping you, the parent, do a better job. And today our topic is ang anger management and managing our emotions in general is a good thing, but our anger definitely has to be managed. It's critically important, especially with kids. And as we all know, anger can also be very destructive to any given situation. Yep. So we all have stories, we all have memories of times when we got angry, uh, our own anger just made us go crazy and damaged or destroyed our relationship. I, I remember, you know, a story that I like to tell about how crazy I am is that <laughs> we, uh, in 2016, I took my entire family to Italy and we lived there for a few months. And so I'd spent an entire year researching Italy and we didn't want to be in the tourist corridors mm -hmm. or we wanted to just get the real immersive experience. And so I have a cousin who has a house there and we went and lived in their house. It's way up in the mountains, gorgeous place. And uh, we really enjoyed it. And then we would travel each day. We get up early and we drive to these, all these little villages and towns in Tuscany. And one time we went to Siena, which is a very big and popular kind mm -hmm. of a town. And so we go there and uh, Rick Steves writes these uh, travel, travel guides. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. We, we, we used to say, if we make a mistake, we got Rick rolled. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we made lots of jokes about Steve. And we went to Siena. And in, in Siena, they have this huge open square, right? And what's great is, is that you go there and you'll go to one of these little tiny coffee shops or whatever, and they have chairs and you sit there. And then he says, look, you're going to pay $30 for an espresso. 
It's a total ripoff. But you're not paying for the espresso. You're paying for the seat to listen to the concert. And that's what you're doing. Well, we got there early in the morning and we walked through the town and we saw a few things. And my daughter says, well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thirsty. I'd like a coffee. And my wife says, I'd like a coffee. And so there was an espresso shop there, you know, and we just happened to be in the square. There's nothing happening in the square, you know? So they order these two coffees and it was like $45 oh or 50 gosh. bucks for two coffees. <laughs> and I was just, I got so mad that I got, I fell into the trap. I, got tricked, even though I was so prepared for it and I wasn't thinking and I was so mad. So I stomped around Siena for about two hours and my kids were like, oh, don't pay attention to dad. He'll get over it. You know, it's really kind of funny. So, so anger can really steal your joy if you let it get out of control. It sure can. It can ruin your day and everybody else's. <laughs> you know, but the other side of it is you can't really, you know, you just can't say I'm not angry and bury it, can you? You can't, um, but there are ways to manage it. Mm -hmm. There are ways to be aware of your triggers and what emotion you're experiencing. I like to call it name it to tame it. <laughs> name it to tame it. What a great policy <laughs> that is. But I do have a, a saying. It's by Selwyn Hughes yes. that I think is really powerful and gives us a visual hook to hang on to when we talk about emotions. Mm -hmm. And that is that an emotion is never buried dead. Mm. It is always buried alive. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Because it's in there and it's still kicking and screaming and it's very much alive. Yes. And we need to tame and manage that yeah. or it'll take over our lives. Yes. And the other one I like to tell parents and when I work with clients, even married couples, is not until the bad comes out can the good come in. Mm. You have to get it out into the light. You have to get it out and address it, name it, deal with it before you can put anything else in there. Mm -hmm. it, there's just not room for both, right? One has to come out before the other one comes in. So unresolved conflict is typically the reason behind fractured or broken relationships. And unresolved me might mean unnamed, unobserved. Uh, we need to get it out. So yeah. that's one of the first things we talk about. Yeah. And you know, we have a lot, I mean, we're emotional creatures. God designed us this way. And so we have lots of emotions uh, throughout the day. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're nondescript. Sometimes they're overwhelming or they're just really kind of mild, you know? So talk about how keeping our emotion, especially anger under control. What's that? Why do we do that? What does it do when we learn how to control it? Mm -hmm. So um, when we are emotional, we are not in our executive function, frontal lobe thinking mode. Okay. Right. So when we're emotional, we're emotional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what's got control over us. Mm -hmm. And we are either in fight or flight or we freeze or we're in denial, but we're not thinking. That's the key. We're not thinking. So I like to use the analogy of you ever tried to reason with a toddler throwing a tantrum? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't work. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so they are so volatile, so emotional. They are not in their thinking brain. And it's, it's a moot point. It's like negotiating with a drunk. Mm -hmm. Just give it up, give walk up. away. Yeah. We'll try this later. We'll right? try it later, yeah. And when people are very emotional or out of control, they're not not only thinking clearly, they're not listening. Mm -hmm. So they're not learning. So you can talk all day. You can try to teach or lecture. It ain't going to make any difference. It's, it's not sinking in. Mm -hmm. And when we're emotional, we're not responding, we're reacting. And mm -hmm. there's a difference. Yeah, You can respond to somebody who's calm, logical, 
aware of what's going on. But if you're angry and really emotional, you're just reacting. Again, you're in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So when motions are in control, there's, there's not good decision making. There's not thinking going on. We're not, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Especially if you're a parent and you have a kid and, you know, let's, let's not even have to go to the place where what happens when the parent's mad too. Then oh. it's just total crazy. <laughs> oh, and you know, there's, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But in a nutshell, when parents lose control... They lose control, Yeah, meaning they're out of control, yes. But you put the kid in control when you're out of control because yeah. the they ki- just sit back and go, uh-huh. yeah, look at that. Uh, I got you. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> so, you know, one thing that I've said many, many times is that anger is really a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. Speak into that for just a moment. So anger is like your umbrella overarching reaction that's easier to go to. So mm-hmm. if we're, quote, unquote, upset or frustrated or whatever it is, it's really easy to get angry. We've all had great role models, a.k.a. some of our parents yeah. <laughs> or coaches or <laughs> other people in our lives, right? So it's easier to go to anger than it is to identify the specific underlying emotion that's underneath that anger. Yeah, Could be fear, could yes. be frustration, could be pain, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to flush out those primary emotions in order to deal with the anger. Okay. So fear and pain can be real, they can be physical, or they can be imagined. Okay. They can frustration can be due to things like loss of loss of opportunity, some kind of injustice that's happened to you, uh, unmet needs or loss of control or unmet expectations. But either way, it can be something as simple as you can't find something like I use the, the analogy of can't find the TV remote mm-hmm. or dealing with a really aggressive bully. Mm-hmm. You're still dealing with probably fear there okay, or frustration, but it comes out as anger. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get behind the anger, we'll never get to the primary source, which is causing the anger in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes just kind of digging in that. And one, one of the things that you can do as a parent, I think, is spend some time to be introspective about where your own anger comes from, because it's a, so much of your kids, you know, especially uh, your biological kids, as they reflect your same patterns. Yes, they do. They pick that up so They're quick. They're very good observers. <laughs> yeah. And what, what I think is really interesting is, you know, for parents, one of the tips that you can use is this, is that uh, don't expect your children to be perfect. Oh, my goodness. This is such a big one. This sets us up for such uh, horrible expectations and disappointment. So yes. If you expect your kids to misbehave, mm-hmm. if you expect that they'll make mistakes mm-hmm. and they'll push your buttons and they'll push the limits and they'll challenge you, you're ready for it. It's not a huge surprise and right. you don't trigger or react quite so mm-hmm. volatile. But if you are not only expecting them to misbehave, but you also know my job is to teach, not, mm. not to punish, not to ignore, not to sweep it under the carpet, but address it directly, but then teach. And then number two, have a plan, have mm. a response for when they mess up, especially if you or them are angry. So yeah. I, I have a, a, a funny kind of not so funny story with one of my kids and what I did and why I did it. So my older child uh, did something one time that made me absolutely furious. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pretty even keeled mom that almost never raised her voice. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to stay in that mode. Kim, you teach this stuff. So yeah. you better walk your talk. <laughs> I better right? walk the talk. 
<laughs> right now. <laughs> so I went up to him and I said, I'm angry. Because that was true. Mm-hmm. I was really angry. I was mm-hmm. shaken. I was so mad. And I said, I need some time to calm down. I need a chance to, to think about this. Mm-hmm. I'm timing myself out. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of looked at me and I said, I don't want to say or do anything that I'll regret. Mm-hmm. So I am going to go away for a while. We'll talk about this later. Well, I fell asleep. He fell asleep because it was kind of late at night. And the next morning, it was the knock on the door. Mom, mom, are you awake? Mom, are you awake? Mom. (laughs) I slept really well. He didn't. He didn't. And he thought about it. But here's why he could think about it. Because I stayed calm. Yeah. I didn't get aggressive or angry or up in his grill. I just stated the obvious. I'm angry. I'm going to do something about this later, but not now. Yeah. That allowed him to stay in frontal cortex thinking mode and not fight or flight or defensiveness. I wasn't the bad guy. His decision was the bad guy. Yeah. And so funny story what happened later. It's for another time. But when we give kids the chance to stay calm because we're calm, you get them from going into an emotional state. You keep them in a thinking state, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're also role modeling, hey, here's how to handle anger or conflict or a, a tense situation, right? And it allows everybody to to stay in control and stay productive and keep communication lines open. Yeah. And then mostly it it, it keeps the relationship intact, but also the learning can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the best techniques that, that we, my wife and I learned is our kids, especially when they get into that like eight, nine and 10 year age is something would happen or they do something wrong. You know, as first I'm like, well, I'm upset about this. So I don't want to say anything to go crazy. So I'd always say, you need to go to your room and think about this and I'll be up later and we'll discuss your punishment, you know? Yeah. And so they would go up there and I think that was probably the most torturous time in their life thinking, Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. It just allowed me to calm down and think about it. Then you'd walk up and go, okay. And I always ask this question. I'm kind of curious as your input on, I always ask this question. I said, why do you think this is such a problem for me, you know, as mm-hmm. a parent? Why mm-hmm. why is what you did, you know, hard on me or something that I don't like? And then just sit there. In silence. Silence is powerful. Isn't silence it? is powerful. <laughs> well, I would tweak it a little bit and say that I want you to go up and think about the consequences mm-hmm. as, as opposed to punishment, right? Because some yeah, people sure. take the word punishment and that's a negative thing. But yeah. And the second thing is um, I had a rule in my house and in my classroom when I taught in California, fourth grade, which was you can do anything you want as long as it doesn't make a problem for you or anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's stating stating the fact of when you make a poor decision or you're naughty or you misbehave or whatever your child does, right? If it impacts somebody else or the quality of your life going forward, we have a problem, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So asking that question, how do you, why do you think this impacts me mm-hmm. as your father? Is My job is to teach you to be a good human being, but you may have done something that impacted me or another family member directly. Now we have a problem. Now we have a problem. <laughs> and I, I think I want to go back and just remind everybody, every parent out there, that your notion of expect your kids to misbehave, mm-hmm. expect your kids to make mistakes, because those in reality become the most powerful learning opportunities, learning opportunities for them. It shapes their character. 
And especially, you know, if you, uh, you know, toxicity is when you let your emotional response, you know, just run the day. And, but if you are a loving parent, you're going to think about my kids need to grow in character, character. You're not born with character. You have to grow character. You're not born with courage. You have to grow courage. You're not born with honesty you have morality you have to learn honesty (laughs) you have to learn these things and so these opportunities these mistakes give you as a parent a wonderful opportunity to uh, teach but the difficulty is and this is very important is if you cram your day with so much stuff and you're so busy as soon as your kids step out of line you're irritated because mm-hmm. it messes up your schedule, it messes up everything you have to do. So please unplug a little bit, slow down a little bit. Your kids and their education and life growth is the most important thing you're going to do during this stage. And take my word for it, it doesn't last long. Oh, it goes it's fast. so so. It oh, it's fast. so fast. It's so short of a time, and you don't realize. And you go, man, I wish I would have. I look back and I'm thinking, man. I need some grandkids because I, I miss those times. You know, my kids are all grown now. And so now I'm praying for grandkids. There so. you go. Me too. <laughs> but you know, it. something you said, Doug, is really important when you're talking about kids learning opportunities. You're not born with morality. You're not born with right or wrong. You have to learn everything in life. That's where if we expect our kids to mess up, mm-hmm. it's normal. Yeah. Of course they don't know. I, yeah. it, it just really is heartbreaking when parents say to me, well, they should know better. Yes. I'm like, really? So what do you do for a living? And somebody will say, well, I'm a teacher. Oh, so I'm going to put you in the aeronautical space engineering program. Yeah. You should know. You should know. Already. <laughs> before you get there, you should know everything. Yeah. They go, oh, yeah. gotcha. Right? Yeah. yeah. We don't know those things. Yeah. And one of the biblical verses I threw out here that I know we're both familiar with, but you can speak to, obviously, as a pastor more than I can, but quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Yeah. Boy, was was James on target there, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, James was on target, yeah. And I think something later on that he says, too, uh, I think it's at the end of uh, chapter four, he says that the law of mercy is better than the law of judgment. Oh, I love that. And so, so one of the things is that you want to have compassion and mercy towards your children. You want to, but most people have no idea how to teach that. They don't have any way to teach that, you know? And I think, I think one of the things that I did when, um, uh, my kids were really young, they're probably like five or six or something like that. And, and, uh, we had a rule of something they weren't supposed to do, you know, and they did it anyway. And my oldest son was very strong willed child. And, and so they did it anyway. And so I went up and I said, okay, you know, I sent them to their room. Then I came up, I said, okay, what's the consequence of making this decision? And they said, well, this, you know, and I said, okay. I said, are you ready for it? You know, and they were like, yes. And I said, okay, I'm not going to do it. They were like, why? And I said, well, because you thought about it. And I said, that's called mercy. Mm. And they said, well, what's mercy? I said, when you don't get what you deserve, you don't reap what you sowed. And they said, oh, that's mercy. Then I said, hey, you want to go get some ice cream? And they went, what? (laughs) Yes. And I said, that's grace. 
Yeah. That's grace. Well, Mercy is not getting what you deserved. And grace is getting something you never even expect. I love that. And you know, the other part of that is that you are focusing on the behavior or the mistake, right? not the person. You right. can still say to your child, I love you mm-hmm. unconditionally. I don't like what you did. Yeah. We need to teach or reteach or fix or correct or whatever that, yeah. but you're still okay. And you see, that's so important as a parent of young children, you need to learn that. And I'll tell you why is because it'll make you a better business person. It'll make you a better leader. It'll be, make you a better uh, employee at your place of work. Because what you do is you separate the value of people from their behavior. That's right. As a, uh, you know, even, and so it teaches you how to give other people the benefit of the doubt. You're not so judgy about them. And then when they do something wrong, you don't impugn motive. You don't say, well, they did that to get me and they did that. Maybe they did, maybe they d- didn't, but you don't want to live that way because it drives you crazy. You know, all these people are always out to get you. You're so paranoid. And so it makes you and your emotions get out of control. So doing this with your kids is a phenomenal lesson in how to be a better adult and interact with other people. And as I've told people, I, you know, I went to an undergrad I went to a master's program. I went to a doctoral program, but the best theology course I ever took was having kids. <laughs> Being a parent. Being a parent. And you know, when, when people, if they make an appointment with me and they come in, what I will do is help them identify what their expectations are. Mm-hmm. Are they real or outlandish, right? Yes. What do they value and what are their triggers? Mm. You need to know what your triggers are as mm-hmm. a parent, right? Again, name it to tame it. And then I'll help them put the name of the emotion that is coinciding with that trigger. Mm. So many people have an emotion, they're feeling, quote, something, but they can't name it. Mm. Particularly, actually, men have a harder time understanding what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Females oftentimes have a harder time managing it. (laughs) Okay. They know all the (laughs) names of everything they're feeling. Guys are like, uh, I think I have a feeling. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. And then I'll help provide them with specific skills and verbiage for what to say and do mm-hmm. if their child is angry or, more importantly, when the parent is angry. So keeping the communication calm, being healthy and productive in that communication, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll help them with what to do once they mess up. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many parents I've worked with who have broken relationships with their kids. Mm. Things have gotten really out of hand, very physical, unfortunately, or verbally abusive. So I'll help them repair and improve that relationship, how to navigate that and move forward. and, And so that they have a lifelong, healthy, positive relationship with each other is is invaluable. Yeah, that's really the goal. And so the issue here, I think, is that everybody gets angry. And the key is, is that we need to understand it. We kind of need to push into it, lean into it, whatever the verbiage you want to use and try to get a handle on it. Because if, if you are in a situation where you're angry a lot, then that's not a good sign that you're in a healthy situation. Now, the situation at home may be a result of stress that's coming from work and that you're getting, you have zero emotional tank. And I really want to encourage people to understand that emotionally you're totally different than you are intellectually or physically. And that is physically, if you get really tired and exhausted, you can go and sleep, right? You could sleep for a while, take a sleep aid if you're having trouble sleeping, but then after a day or two, you 
can wake up refreshed. You're right. kind of you back. You resolve the issue. You resolve the issue. Intellectually, you know, you can think a lot and really stress your brain, you get tired, you know, so you just kind of decompress and you do some other things like that. I said, but emotionally, you're different. You know, your, your emotional, your emotional center is similar to a car battery. And that is you can go out in your car without starting it. You can turn the headlights on the radio on all that stuff. And you can drain that battery down in 45 minutes. So it won't start your car. That's right. Right. And so what you have to do is you cannot restore that battery right away. What you have to do is you have to take it home and you got to put it on a trickle charger. Mm -hmm. And so you can burn it out of juice in 45 minutes, but it takes easily 24 to 36 hours to recharge it. And so when you have really strong emotions and you find yourself, uh, whether they be emotions that are more down emotions or sad emotions, or you're angry a lot, men tend to get angry and that's happening a lot. What that says is your emotional tank is really low. So you have zero margin. And what you need to do is you need to figure out a way to emotionally recharge. And that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in 24 hours. It takes a long time to recharge emotionally. Absolutely. And you need to learn where is it coming from? What are you carrying around? Mm -hmm. Because that's weight. And when yeah. you're carrying around weight, it tires you out. Tires you out. And, so, and it's having a heavy impact on not only you, but everybody around you knows too. Yeah. You're having an impact on everybody else. Yeah. And so, so the thing is, is that, you know, in order to discover this for yourself or kind of dig into what you're doing, I would just encourage you to uh, be introspective. I encourage you to take time to uh, set aside a, a quiet time for yourself where you can just kind of journal or you can mm -hmm. reflect. If you're a guy, you need to have uh, a time, an hour or so, or maybe you go for a walk, you go work out, maybe you read, you do whatever it is that you do, or you just kind of go and decompress and turn your phone off. You know, you kind of, you need that regular thing. If in, when you're parenting children and your children are going through these things, I encourage you to follow the tips that were shared today. And I also encourage you to take some time to go a little bit deeper. And if uh, you need some coaching or you need some advice or whatever, reach out to Kim. She'd love to help you. She'd love to be there for you. I would. And, you know, this is my lifelong work, as you said. It's also my passion. I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And we can turn things around no matter how bad it is. Uh, no matter how broken it may be or you think, oh, there's, there's, no, there's no chance. There always is a chance. There's always hope. Yes, there always is. And I, I just want to say thank you, Kim, for being here. And thank you for listening today. This is The Lost Art of Parenting, a podcast you never want to miss. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye.